When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Talking Cop. I'm Gav, that's Kev. Burnley nil, Liverpool 2 from Torfmore earlier on. We'll let you know. We're keeping an eye on the United game. Tuna de Villa currently are all Trafford. Uh, Kev, I'm in Florence Cinema Pongol's Pagola. I've been fucked out of the house. <laughs> um, and it's lovely out here. It's not too cold. You're in your normal abode. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm back into my, my humble cottage down in, downstairs in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, back into your normal spot. Your normal spot. Because you were thrown up to the, you were thrown up to the, uh, the bedroom for a while. I showed up into, this, up into my daughter, my my youngest bedroom, but now that she's home from college for Christmas, it's like, uh, yeah, that, just get yourself and get out. Okay. Um, and the only reason I was kicked yeah. out of the kitchen... Go on, sorry. No, go on. The only reason I was kicked out of the kitchen. No, I was saying, the only reason I was kicked out of the kitchen was because my missus wanted the Christmas table, you know, the table for the Christmas dinner and what have you. Oh, so okay. as soon as that's done and dusted, everything starts to return back to a bit well, of normality. Well, back to normal, good stuff. Right. Yeah. Um... Is it me or is Gav volumes low? Oh, I do this every week. Hold on a second. Jesus. Uh, let me see. Is that a bit better? I'm trying to make it as better as best I can. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm doing my best. If I'm a bit low, just listen a bit harder. I don't know. Um, Kev, turn the volume up on the telly. Turn the volume up. Let me see. Um so Chris is in, Tor is in, Red Steve is in, Tom Boland, David, um, loads of stuff in there. Anyway, uh, someone's lo- loving uh, Sass Copley says your volume is quite low. Gav volume is sound, says Mr. Bolognese. People just need to tone her up. On the sound bar here, I sound absolutely perfect. So I don't know like what I want, what of the doofies. Anyway, <coughs> let's get into it. Um, Kev, I do this most Sunday nights. And I just look for an immediate reaction. It's a win. It's fairly dominating. The refereeing is infuriating yet again. But Liverpool win to go back yeah. to the top of the table. And like I said, get to the 4th of January. Another three points against Newcastle. And I think it's been a fairly good December slash festive period for Liverpool. It's been very good. I mean, four games in 10 days, it does take it out of you. And it does test the squad. And you could see by the lineups today that the squad was severely tested. And the fact that we turned in another dominant performance should have been a lot more comfortable than what it was. But yeah. when you actually look back at the highlights of it, I mean, we were very good in the first half. Didn't yeah. take, didn't finish the chances that we had. They had one period in the game that lasted about three minutes, and in a normal normal order was resumed. 
people, you, you get a bit nervous because you look at the scoreline. It was 1-0 at the time. And you get a bit nervous because you know the what-if scenario. Anything can happen at 1-0. But in all fairness, Alisson didn't have a save to make. Yeah. You know, that's the react that's the truth of it. And that's not the first time this you know, even in the last three, four games, he's had very little to do in, in most of the games that we've been in. So that's a good solid base to be building from. We're halfway we're at the halfway point of the season now. And you know, you're what top of the table, forty two points, halfway, you'd have snapped your hand off at the start of the season for that. Yeah. You know, and and you know that this side hasn't kicked into gear in any meaningful way. And there's a few senior players in that start in that squad that you know there's a lot more to come from them. So yeah. all boats well for me. Yeah, look, let's look at the starting lineup. Um Allison and Goal, he plays Trent, Gomez, he plays Van Dijk, Quante. Um he goes with Endo, Elliot Gravenberch, Nunes, Gakbo, Salah. Now a few people are I noticed before the game they were like, Jesus Canate, you know, he had a brilliant game against um Arsenal Gravenberch wasn't great when he came on, you know. But he's just rotating, isn't he, Kev? Like, it's still like another game three days later. Exactly. It was um, this period This period around Christmas time. It's surprising how quick these games catch up on you. Plus, Ibu was, is coming back from an injury. You know, I mean, he hasn't really played consistently a volume of games this season. He's got a fair amount of appearances, but he hasn't played back-to-back 90s. In a good, in a good while, and Gerald Quanz is there, so I'd imagine if it was Joel Matter coming in for him, there wouldn't have been a blink. Yeah. You know, you'd been you're managing your squad then, but because yeah. it's Gerald Quanza, it's a bit. You know, I and I understand a little bit of nerves can set in, yeah. but at the same time, this is this is why you have a squad. Is the same for Harvey Elliott. We've we've all said pretty much. To a man, this this season so far, Harvey Elliott has been brilliant off the bench, but Dominic Sabozla has looked like he's running through treacle the, in the last few games. He's needed to be taken out, and the fact that he's been able to be taken out tonight and rested for, you know, come on and just kept fresh for twenty minutes, and he, now he's got a five a five day break until Newcastle is ideal. Yeah, you know, uh, Endo has done really well. He's got one more game for us before he's off to the Asia Cup. Graven Birch feeling his way back in. When you hear a coach. Or a, a first, you know, a first team coach or a manager come out and say, "Well, we, he, he went down. and We had to take him off because of muscle fatigue." Yeah. That's one step away from six weeks with a hamstring. Yeah. So he needs to be managed. He's he's not used to playing the volume of football that we play in the last two years. He didn't get this volume of football into his legs. He didn't get a preseason with us. So he's building as well. You know. Cody Gapo, another one, in and out of the squad, still finding his role. Darwin needed to go, and Salah always starts. So I just think this squad, this side that was picked today was probably the easiest 11 you could you could pick on paper because that's probably the best and only way he could have gone to keep as much as many players happy and fresh as possible while making sure you have enough quality on this, in the side to go and win the game. Yeah. Um you know, Look at the bench as well. The, be- the bench, had, you had game changes on the bench for the first time in a while. Well, that's it. When you when you do rotate, it gives you that chance. You know, um, United have scored Canacho, but it looks like it might be ruled out offside, um, and it has been ruled out offside. Um, the pass from Rashford squared it to him. He rounded Martinez and scored, but it's offside. It's still two 0 to Villa, but United opened them up fairly easy there. In fairness, um, Kev, 
It was a dominating first half. I think most of the talking points might be in the second half. But there's a couple of things come out of the first half, and you're right. Um, but let's start with the goal. Because it's a really nice move. Nunes gets cleaned over. It falls to, I think, Gakbo, who gets down down the side. And Nunes is up off his feet and demanding the ball. Um, come yeah. playing inside to him. And he, he passes a beautiful finish into the far corner, Kev. And you know what? He had time to think about that. And even though we had time to think about it, 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 was, it was a brilliant finish. I loved it. I loved everything it about good, it. Yeah. It was, it was a fantastic finish. I said, I, I text Christian and he goes, that's a cultured finish. That's not a striker who's under pressure for his place. That's not a striker who's lacking confidence. Yeah. That's, so that's the finish you use when you're in that spot. And it was, it was just a lovely goal. And the fact that he didn't sit in his laurels you know, when he got cleaned out of it, as you said, the, he got straight back. There was no whistle. He got straight back up, got himself into a good position, gave Gakpo the option, 1-0. And the thing is, the first you know, first few minutes of the game, it was scattergun. It, was no, it wasn't settling down. And once the first goal went in, it was like, deep breath, relax. Now you can sit in and, sit in and look to start to enjoy this. But, yeah, he needed it. He desperately needed it just to get people off his back, to be fair. But in general, more often than not, his performances within games has been okay. Nothing outstanding in any way, shape, or form. But he's been getting himself into positions where he gets chances in games. And that that's, you know, you want him to take the chance, obviously. But I always say with strikers, the time to worry is when you're not getting chances or when you're backing away from that's being not, in a position a to take a chance. Though. It's not a huge... You wouldn't say that, oh, no. Darwin's missed another chance there. Like, Kevin Balls no. is there. It was probably needed. Never never good for a tackle to go too, for too long without a goal. And I agree with that. Me and, me and Kevin Ball have had yeah. different conversations um, on here and away from here. And we, we differ on some things we, the way we are. But I think both of us want us, the player, to do really well. You know, and I, I take your point as well. He's getting chances. Yeah. And he's missed a couple where you think he should score. Yeah. But I think the other side of his game has, I think, has grown all the time. You know, I think the fact that they're trusting him out on that left-hand side is a big tell. Because yeah. left and right are massive for the way we press, the shape we take off the ball. You know, there's loads in there when you play left or right for Liverpool. People overlook that with Salah. But the position he takes up when we don't have the ball is very good. You know, the sort of way. And his game overall has been coming on. But the goals have drifted away. And... He's still a work in progress for me. He's still young enough. He's he's a season and a half in now. Um, and I'm not going to shout the rooftops that Darwin Nunes is back. But I thought today his all-round game was good and he gets a goal. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it added up today. you know. But I think what you probably need to see is against Newcastle or whether it's Arsenal in the Cup or <clears throat> I think Fulham is in the Cup is probably our next three games. What you need is if you can turn around in the next three games and go, do you know what? Darwin got three and three there, but his overall game was brilliant. Great. Because yeah. if he scores three and three and doesn't play well overall, you're still going, yeah, you got a goal, but he's not doing anything else to help us. So I think we're trying to mould him into a better all-round player. And you will get lulls in goals, and you will get lulls in performance where you still get goals. But making them both, I think, is, is absolutely excellent. And today, I think he oh, that's was key. that. Yeah. Um, look, we get the goal six, six minutes in. It's a beautiful finish. And it looked like Liverpool were going for the throat, Kev. Let's be honest. They yeah, they were in complete control. They were very, very 
directing the way they played against Burnley. I'm not talking long balls like Arsenal fans think we play a lot of long balls because they're mental. <laughs> we were we were very directing. When we get it, we're not just going to keep passing. We're going to actually go for you. And the second talking point for me of the second half, Kev, is I think there's a lack of confidence in front of the goal. And I think it's shown in the United game and the Arsenal game a little bit. And today it showed because I think we rushed some stuff where we didn't need to rush. There was a couple of chances there, Kev, where you think, just delay an extra second, not even to take an extra touch, just delay for a second. And you're okay. Do you know what I mean? But Yeah, I think I think there's time there's times in the way we were playing in the first half that do you remember what Arsenal used to be like where it was always one more pass to trying to walk it in? Yeah. And no one was taking responsibility. <clears throat> I mean there was a an, an attempt in the eighth minute that um it was inside the inside inside the penalty box, Salah got a shot off the out of his foot and it yeah. was a ball that was going away from Trafford and he put he got a good hand to it and it was going yeah. it was a really good save. It was a phenomenal save to be honest. But other than that, it just felt like we were trying to overwork it to me. You know, it was some someone needed to either take like you said, take the extra touch, take someone on, committed committed player to come to you. I thought I thought Salah drifted again in, in the majority of the game. Off the ball, his work has been it's been fine. Yeah. But he's not getting into positions where you want him to where you want him to isolate fullback or threaten him behind. That, 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 that was the thing. There was a, t- a point in it, I think it might have been the first half where he got one and one, the ball over the top, and he couldn't get away from the defender. So I don't think he's got the lightning pace of what he used to do, <coughs> but he's generally been very good about getting his body in a position where the defender has to come through him to get at the ball. And he just couldn't get away from the defender. Whether it's the case it's four games in ten games, ten days, and he's just he's just tired. You know, he's, yeah. I don't know, but you know, he's. I think we've got to figure out a, a way of attacking sides that gets more out of him in different ways because I don't think he's going to, he's he's not going to be able to do what he used to do mm. going well, forward. Look, I I'm not I'm not on this bandwagon that he's losing all his pace. I think he has brilliant pace, right? But I actually think it's more down to a change in the way he's playing. Like right, take the Arsenal goal, right? Ball over the top by Trent. I think he shows brilliant pace to get there. Comes inside a fella and bangs it. Right? Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely fine. But I think it's the way he's playing, Kev. He's looking to get more involved in, in, in you know, little phases of play, trying to, trying to open teams up and stuff like that. But I think, like, I'd, back, I'd still back Salah against most players if you put it over the top and let them chase it. I don't think you're going to go, oh, you can't put it over the top for Salah anymore. It's just a different way of playing. And I think the fact that, we're, and this, I go back to the nerves, the fact that I think we're a little bit off form, maybe a little nervous in front of goal is, if you have, say, Gakbo and Nunes or Jota or Diaz and they're on four, we score a lot, we score goals from other areas, but I think they supply more for Salah in front of goal as well. I think there's an awful lot on his, his shoulders at the minute because certain players aren't in form. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. It is. I mean, when you go back to, I mean, when you and Chris and I was chipping in, when we were doing the reviews of the 1920 season, it was amazing how many goals the front three contributed in that season. 
it was such a large chunk of the firepower that we've had throughout that season. And we've been so dependent on the forwards to supply the goals. Pretty much all, always on the clock, you know, and it is a lot of pressure that they're under, especially when you're going into games and you're one light. At the moment, we're too light, yeah. you know, so they know that if you're starting a game and they're looking at the bench and you're like, yeah, okay, up until today, it was, it has to be you three. You three have to do something, you know, because you're, you're, you're not going to be getting the help from the bench that you have yeah. you've been accustomed to getting. So that brings its own pressure as well, especially if you've got two, two, two players there really who've been out of form, you know, in front of goal, Darwin and Cody. Even despite Cody getting a goal in his last game and Darwin getting one today, you can safely say that both of them have been out of form in front of goal. For the last, for a large part, for the last few months, really. Um, so it does, United, it does bring added pressure for sure. United have scored. Um, it will stand this time, Garnacho. And in fairness, I'm watching. I'm kind of watching this game as we go on. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Villa, yeah. Villa, Villa are our own worst enemy here. Like they're literally just playing terrible balls out from the back, and then they're playing three at the back. And United are literally playing Rashford, Hoyle, and Garnacho up against the three. It's it's like three on three. Um. But it's a good finish. It's a good ball across from Rashford. And, uh, yeah, it's a good finish. Slots are past uh, Martinez. So, it's United 1, Villa 2, just about approaching the hour. Um, the rest of the first half, though, Kev, we get to half-time. It's 1-0. Oh, hold, hold, hold your horses. Uh, 28th minutes. Liverpool score, but it won't count. Oh, yes. A scramble Sorry. in the Burnley Sorry. penalty area leads mm-hmm. to a shot by, from Gakpo, which... Well saved by Trafford in the Burnley goal. The rebound falls to Nunes, well which goes keeper, against the back. I thought he... Look, I watched him during the... When he was the England keeper for the Euros, when they won it. I think he's a brilliant young keeper. Yeah, he is. I was amazed that Man City let him go. Mm. But they didn't let him go on the cheap. They let him go for good money. Burnley paid, I think, nigh on £20 million for him. Yeah. And when, you, when you're watching performances like he's put in, despite their league position... You look at the performances that he's put in and you're looking at Ray at Arsenal, thinking, mate, you're at the wrong club. But Burnley have played a blinder here because he's going to go for big money. Big, big money. He's, I think he's, a, he's a top keeper. He's the best young English keeper I've seen in a long, long time. And he's very good with the ball at his feet as well. Yeah. But this is the uh, first of the uh, disallowed goals. Um, no. I, I for the life of me can understand how this goal was disallowed. I don't know what Tierney saw. Yeah. But once he disallowed it, mm-hmm. it would have been monumental for VAR to intervene because there would have had to be absolutely zero contact whatsoever and a pure dive from the Burnley defender. Yeah for VAR to turn around and tell him to go to the monitor and say, yeah, you literally just invented something in your in between your eyes and it went to your brain and you haven't a clue what you fucking saw. But yeah. you didn't see what you thought you saw. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was contact. However minimal it was, it was one of those decisions that once it was given on the pitch mm-hmm. by Paul Tierney, it was never, never going to be all the time. Yeah. But saying all of that, there is no way in God's green earth that Paul Tierney can see that and call that a foul. You yeah. just can't. That is and, just ridiculous. 
It's Paul Tierney doing Paul Tierney things. Correct. And I think you do more Paul Tierney things later and his mates chime in as well. And it's... Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Peter Smith was texting me after the game going, God, this is actually <laughs> fucking scandalous now. Like, it's, it's so over the top. It's so open. You can see it, what they're fucking at. And I was like, Pete, I'm sick telling you about it. I'm going on about it ages. No one wanted to listen. You know, people are telling me I kept going on about it and this, that and the other. But, and I, and I keep making the point, you know, if Liverpool had drawn that game off the back of what they done today, people like yeah. Villa fans, Arsenal fans, United, whoever would have said, oh, well, look, you got that decision here and you got that and we didn't get this. And we all go tribalistic. And when we go tribalistic, yeah. the PGMOL, just go along no. that merry way, right? The only way they're going to change a decision now is that this is how it works now, Kevin Football, right? A red card is given. They go, or a yellow card is given. And if they ever get called to the screen, it's a red card, okay? If a penalty is given and they're called to the screen, it means he's made a mistake and they'll change it. But, but they're never at the stage now, ever, where... Listen, you've made a decision there. Come on over here and have a look at it and reverse it. It's, they're either telling them what decision to make, and as in, you're wrong, here's the decision. But these on-field stuff, with the likes of that, and he calls that, they should be going, listen, let's review that, and be as strong on it with that as they would be with a yellow card, you know, offence that may be a red. They're all over the place. They're all over the place, Kev. And we get back to them in a little yep. bit. Go on, yeah. go on, I'll let you have another Well, I say, the, there, no, there was a few, there was a tackle earlier in the first half as well. The Burnley player went in on, I think he went in on Grabenbert. He slid in and it was, his studs caught his boot on the ground and Grabenbert was led on a heap. And it, Burnley went up on the attack and the, it played out, it played out into nothing in the end. Yeah. But I thought, that's a foul all day long, you know, and you, you're getting it in. I watched a few games over the Christmas. I've been watching loads, but you're at, you're at the stage now where referees are letting an awful lot of tackles go, <coughs> yeah. and squads are to the pin of their collar up and down the league. You look at you look, you go into any squad now, and you go and look at their injury list. Every squad has five, six players out injured, minimum. Some more, some a lot more. And a lot of it is because of referees allowing silly tackles to happen in games where they don't pull up stuff earlier on because they want to let the game flow. They think that's what the fans want. And I'm sure some fans do. But at the same time, when well, not, bad well, tackles about, go away... It's not about what the no, fans want. People, Sorry, no. by the way, people are asking what's going on with sort of sound issue. There's no issue here, but I will tell you, it's howling out here now. The rain is lashing. Oh, you can hear, yeah, it's lashing yeah. up there. Yeah, it? you can, um, you can hear the lashing off to the front of Florida Cinema <laughs> Pongo's Pagola. But we're going to keep going. I don't give a fuck. I have cans and smokes. Um, so focus. Uh, but, <laughs> but Kev, where were we? Um, go on. Where, what were you saying there? Cause I was going to cut across. I, was, I mean, I think they're just letting, they're letting a lot of stuff go in the interest of letting games flow. Instead of calling the fouls that are in front of them, yeah, and that's what they're paid to do. They're paid. To oh, I know. I knew. I knew what I was going to say. I know what I was going to say. Yeah, you're saying you you use the words there. That's what you think the paying customer, or the fan, wants to hear. I yeah. see. It's not about 
what we want to see. It's about doing what you're meant to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, put mm-hmm. it this way. If I'm an Arsenal fan at the weekend, and they go to VAR and check Odegaard, and they give a penalty. As an Arsenal fan, that's not what I want to see. But that's what happens. Do you get me? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not about I, what we want to see. It's just, this is the protocol. Follow it and do it every single yeah. time. I, we're going to go to something later. We're going to go to something later where I think it's the right decision, personally. But I've seen decisions I did at the time. That, that's different earlier on the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw Darren McGallagher earlier on when Klopp said in his post-match after the Arsenal that Mr. Dermot will find a way to say that that wasn't handball. Yeah. But Mr. Dermot didn't. And he yep. said, yeah, no, that was handball and they copped up. And it's kind of like they almost go through verbal gymnastics to um, justify a bad decision when... Eh, I had Arsenal fans telling, texting me after the game saying, yeah, we got away with one there. Yeah. But would it have changed the game? I don't know. It might have. It might have. Yeah. The thing is, Martinelli missed a, missed a golden chance. Trent missed a golden chance. The Arsenal game, you had both defences dominated the game and the yeah. forwards on both sides didn't really get much. Yeah. And when you have two good sides going at each other, that's generally how the game turns out. Yeah, you know, but in a game like today, when you dominate the ball, you're going to attract more fouls, so you're going to get more free kicks, and that one there, I just don't get. I don't understand how, what he saw there to disallow that goal, because it was just it it was merited the two 0 at the time because we were totally dominant in it. Burnley were doing couldn't do anything. They were Burnley were stopped between what should they press, should they stand off. Half of them went, half of them didn't, and they were caught in no man's land, and we just were going through them. And my only fear at that point was players would think that this is too easy, yeah. and we'd make a silly mistake. That was my only fear. Yeah. Um, but look, we, we get on, because there's a few more contentious issues later, right? Um, and I need you to remember them for me, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. we you better hurry up, because I'm going as fast as you. You're going to what? This drink as fast as me? <laughs> no, well, listen, yeah. we're, gonna, we're probably going to end up doing 40 minutes and then we're out of here. Uh, fair play to us are yeah. up on Stevens' day as far as I'm concerned. Even though the likes of Sass Copy and stuff are giving out about the sound, even though the sound levels are absolute perfection here. Um, but st- second half, and I'm going into it and I'm thinking to myself, well, one nil up, we should be more. Burnley... I'm not saying Burnley have been terrible. I just think we've been dominant. I think we've we've managed the game extremely well. I think we've yeah. we've attacked quite well. I think a couple of chances if we if we take that not even an extra touch, just an extra half second to compose ourselves, we're probably two or three and up going in a half time. So there's always a bit of danger going into the second half. But it's more of the same, isn't it? I think it's more of the same until basically Elliot's goal gets disallowed, and then I think Liverpool should have a penalty, yeah. and then it just goes from there. But we're still managing the game quite well up until these bits we talk about, Kev. Well, the Elliot disallowed goal was on 55. And yeah. I, I think both sides came out in the start of the second half and Burnley knew they had to have a goal. Yeah. And we weren't, we just couldn't get to grips with the game the way we had it in the first half. We just couldn't get along with it. But 
that position, that pos- period of possession that we had leading up to that goal, I think, I can't remember how long we had the ball, but it felt like we had the ball for a, for a while. Yeah. And, you know, it says here, the midfield sprays, sprays it out to the right for a grab of birds before continuing, continue, he continued his run, getting into the end of a cross to tuck it home, but celebrations were cut short with Salah deemed to be in an offside position, unsighting the keeper during the shot. Yeah. Now, I saw the replay from yeah. behind the goal, and yeah, Mo Salah 100% impedes the goalkeeper's vision. He is in an offside position. This allowed for offside. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Okay, no problem. Then I, about two minutes later, someone posted a video of Salah getting pushed into an offside position. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hang on. He was doing his best to stay onside. And he was onside before the push. And it's like, what the fuck? How did VR not see him being pushed in the box? Yeah. It's like, were you not even looking for it? Or were you just looking to see the end result as a way of justifying disallowing what should have been a good goal? I don't well, look, I don't get it. Right. It so was the right decision without the push. Salah was offside. He did impede the goalkeeper. If that's all you're seeing, yeah. then yeah, it's the right decision. It's offside. Yeah. But if you're seeing Salah being pushed into an offside position, what the fuck? Right, my take on it. He is pushed into an offside position. Okay, <clears throat> United have equalised. By the way, Ganacho scored again. Uh, deflection off. Um, who was it off? Just give me one second. I think it's Diego Carlos. Um, but he is pushed into that position, right? Now, if you're not going to make a decision on the fact that he's pushed, like, are we looking for a penalty for him being pushed? No, no. So, he's in line. I actually think it's the right decision. Okay? But, I'm yeah. going to bring you back to a goal by, I think it's Man City earlier this season, where Ake dummies a ball that's going into the corner past the keeper, and it's given as a goal. Do you get me? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what I'm saying is, in my opinion, in my opinion, it is a good decision. But it's not consistent with the decisions made all seasons with regards to these players being in front of the goalkeeper. Do you get me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if if that goal if that goal was given, okay, if that goal was given, and the referee turned around and said, "Listen, Salah was offside because your player pushed him in, into that position." Now that's your own bleeding fault. I'd say that's Grant, but that's not how they're working. They don't care what's happened, and if they aren't going to. If they aren't going to, you know, make make a decision where, oh, look, he's pushed, so we're not we're not claiming it, or we're not using that as the rule, then it's the right it's the right decision. But again, they're not consistent, yeah. Kev. Do you know what I mean? It's I just think it's again we're sitting here and we're discussing about one decision they make in one game and one decision they make in the other. And I know you get different different things happening for different teams or. You know, different scenarios, but these are very similar scenarios. A player is in the line of the keeper. If he's pushed in there, or he's standing there, or he dummies it, or he jumps over it, or he tries to kick it and he misses it, and it goes in, they should all be the same. Always the yeah. same. It, you know what I mean? So Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it being disallowed. 
when I initially when I saw Mo's positioning, my only my only gripe was how Mo ended up there. Yeah, and you know it, it's a nonsense really, but it it started to get into the frust levels. It started to get into the frustrating part of the game then because yeah. you know it's still one nil. We've had two one. Okay, fair enough, but one perfectly good goal, in my opinion, disallowed. Yeah, and you're still at one nil, and it just felt like banana skin time because you always see it over the Christmas, over the Christmas Boxing Day, New Year's Day fixtures. Someone comes a cropper somewhere, and you just pray to God that it's not you. And these are the type of games against sides who are scrapping to stay in the league. And scrap it for every point going. Yeah, that can easily you can easily be looked looked to be made a fool of if you don't put the game out of out you know don't put the game to bed. Mm. And the longer it goes on, I think the more into ourselves we became. I still think we managed it okay in general, but yeah. But in the was, back of your head, in the back of your head, you have to be thinking, oh, it's, "Fuck, we're an hour in here. I'm only one nil up." You know what I mean? Yeah. And anything could happen here, but it's up to Liverpool to go and then, you know, win the game. Make sure they win the game. Yeah, yeah I mean, the changes came and you hoped that the changes would have an effect. And they did eventually, because I think we settled the game back down a bit. Burnley had a, a, a spell of possession, probably for about three or four minutes, where they, were, they pinned us in a bit. But other than that, I don't think they did enough or did too much in the game. But they didn't do nothing, really, for Alisson. Alisson was just like... He could have had double... They, I, th- I think it was Kevin Ball said it. I think, I think Kevin Ball said it there earlier. He said, look, we might have been a bit lucky with two headers they have, even though, you know, Alisson wasn't really tested. Is there any other instance you'd like to speak about? Um, nothing, really. I mean, the thing is, the game peters out. Until the Diogo Jota, until Diogo Jota comes on, yeah, it's not enough that it? happens. So how good was it to see him back? Oh, fucking great! I mean, he's such a he's a brilliant option to have because he just he gives you that poacher in the box. Um, we all know that he's a finisher, but he gives you the ability that he can play wide, he can play central, he can drop in, he can do it all. He knows his game inside out. And he's confident with it. So to have him back as an option, to take the pressure off the others is the most important thing. Is huge. Especially with Mo heading off. Um, having Diogo <laughs> back is vital. And the thing is, you, you expect to see him drip back in. Don't expect to see him um, starting against Newcastle and throwing in 90 against Newcastle and 90 against Arsenal. I think they'll, they'll blood him back in, but 50 goals for the club and it just finished off the performance in the end. Finished finished the game halfway through the season, top of the league and happy Larry, happy as Larry would it really. You've got to be yeah. happy with it in the end because this is just, I'm just delighted with it to be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was some finish as well. I'm having, it was I'm an having, outrageous I'm gonna go, finish. I'm going to go on to this goal in a minute. Jason uh, Surrendering says, sounds like a hurricane over there. Uh, Riders under storm oh, about it's... to about to start playing from Gav's house. It's absolutely hammering down here. Um, and this Perspex roof 
you'll hear everything from it. Um, but I'm dry, I'm warm. I'm watching United, I'm talking to Kev, having cans. Yeah. Because I'm in the cinema, Pongo, Pagola, I can have a smoke as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good, so no panic. I, I apologise, I do apologise if the noise is mental, but that's just the way it is tonight. It's the only way we yeah. can get it. Mother Nature has had her, had her say. Yeah, well, yeah, Mother Nature is having her say a little bit, and there's some wind and rain warnings have come for our area for from tonight till tomorrow night, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's yeah, one of We've those. got them from... We've got the Can rain. I, I've got my young, my young fellas you, you out. You get it worse than anyone. Got tonight, so we we get it because I'm stuck in this uh, up, literally up the side of a mountain. So yeah. it's like if we if it comes in off the course, we get absolutely battered up here. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm t- touch wood. We've been all right, but I expect the wind to kick in now later on tonight. And yeah, and I wouldn't mind. Day. I was out earlier, and I said to myself, "Jace, this is one of the nice nights out." It's kind of calm, it's not raining, it's not too cold. <laughs> and now it's just bleeding monsoon weather. But anyway, <clears throat> um, I want to talk about a couple of players. Um, yeah. Can we talk about, and I do it every time he plays at this stage, but Jarrell Kwanzaa. Like, Kev, I'm not being funny. He will, at some stage, he's going to make mistakes where you go, ah, he's a 19-year-old defender or, you know, bit of inexperience there or an experienced forward kind of done him there, but Genuinely, Kev, I'm watching this fella centre-half and I just look at him as a Liverpool centre-half, not a young Liverpool centre-half who'd be impressed into using because injuries. He's, I think he's unbelievable. I think he's ridiculous. Um, I mean, look, there's a couple of really good young centre-backs in the Premier League at the minute. Everton have one. We have one. Um, I think the young kid that played for Manchester United the other day he looked um, all right. At West Ham, yeah. Yeah, he looked all right. Um, I had to ask, I had to ask a United fan about him. Um, and he just said, yeah, from the youth team, he's really good. But I feel sorry for him coming into this year. That's what I was told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we know, we know the same guy. But at the same time, Gerard Kwan's are coming into a side that is pretty well balanced. You know, and... The fact that Klopp has been able to drip him in and out throughout the, se- the, start- the first half of the season has probably set him up well to be in the position where he is now. That he, na- he was named in the starting lineup today, and I don't think too many people batted an eyelid. They were like, oh, Gerald started. Oh, okay. Look forward to watching him. You know, and yeah. not, oh my God, panic stations, it's Burnley, it's away from home. Uh, they'll get at him. And they tried. You know, they, Virgil, nothing came down Virgil's side. Everything came down his, Kwanzaa's side. And it was the fact that it's normally the side that Trent vacates. But he didn't vacate it today. Trent really played the first half as almost like a third centre-back in a lot of ways. And in the second half, he played an orthodox right-back role. But I thought Kwanzaa did really well in the main. He gave away one or two silly passes. But in general, Sats is 95 out of 109 passes, so there was no problem going through him and around it. 87% pass success rate. Um, he's won nine duels, lost three. You know, won nine out of 11 aerial duels. And he just looks like someone who... In, it's going to be frightening how good this kid could be at 24. 
Do you know, that's how I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at if, if you're this confident and you're playing this Goal well at 20. 3 2. Ooh. That fella that doesn't score any goals scored. What's his name? Martial. No, the other oh. Hoyland. Hoyland? Mm-hmm. That's his first goal. I think it's his first That's his over, first goal in the Premier League. That's his first league goal for the club. Yeah. Claire says. He might be Christmas. playing for the manager, God bless him. Yeah. yeah. Claire says, Merry Christmas, everyone. Why is Gavin his shed? I'm not in his shed. This is Florin Cinema Pongol's Pagola. I'll give you a tour of it one day. I'll show it to you. I'll whip the camera around and show it to you. Anyway, um, 3 2 to United. Sorry, we're turning down at half time. But um, yeah, they've been, they've been good value for a second half. Villa have just played themselves into all sorts of trouble. But Quanta, excellent. Joe Gomez again, really solid. I love Joe. I fucking love Joe. I love I love the flexibility that he gives you. It was frustrating watching him making the overlaps in the first half, and Gakpo didn't use him. I was just praying for him use him once, and the full the full back is stopped him because he doesn't know what to do, and he never did. And by the last time that Joe made an overlap, the full back followed Gakpo straight away, and Gakpo ended up losing the ball. Um, he's a willing runner. He'll try his heart out. He's a decent. He's decent, good defender, and the fact that he's as versatile as he is is brilliant. You know, um, look, this is probably the first spell that Joe Gomez has had in the squad for a while that he's been consistently available. You know, he hasn't yeah. picked. You look at the injuries well, that Joe Kevin. Gomez have had. Yeah, but you look at the injuries that he's had over his career, they've generally been major, you know, big, big long-term injuries. He doesn't seem to be the type of player who picks up niggly ones. So the fact now that he's available and he's getting a lot of games, as you said, he's he's coming off the bench. He was coming off the bench a lot in games. He was playing a lot of the cup games, but he's showing his flexibility now as well. And yeah, look, I, I was delighted with him, delighted for him today. But I still think that Cody Gappo could have used him a lot more in the um, when he was making those overlapping runs. And he's definitely got to score this season. 100%. Well, Sass Coppoy says there, he says he's going to score. And I shouldn't really put up Sass Coppoy's comments because he's been a bit of a wanker this evening. Um, but, <laughs> but he says he's definitely scoring this season. It's coming. And someone else says that they've, um, they've watched... Uh, He's been watching John Barnes um, DVDs, so yeah. Yeah, I reckon he's playing. I think he's playing EA twenty four, and I think he's Pat Cafu, and he's just channeling his inner his inner Cafu now. But the thing about it is, Kev, if he's solid there and he's starting to be even a little bit adventurous as a fullback, and that's great. Don't get me wrong, that's great. I like my fullbacks to be able to defend um, to a certain extent. I like my fullbacks to be able to get forward and create, and be an extra man going forward. And he's trying his best to do that. But the big yeah. thing for me is, is Joe Gomez is playing games of football every three days. Yeah. All right? Now, he comes on yeah, a it's, sub. It's massive for us. He comes on a sub and plays a big par- portion of the game there against Arsenal. And he plays there today. And this now renews the fact that Joe Gomez, if he's fit, strong, available... He is a centre-half option. He is a centre-half option. And I just, I loved it from him again today. Done nothing wrong. Tried to get forward. A lot of his runs were 
ignore the times, but that, that gives space. Because as much as we talk about Joe Gomez at left-back, right? When he's at left-back, you think he comes inside all the time. But the bigger thing for me is he, he stays at left-back, Kev. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we it's looked a lot things. more solid down that side, especially, yeah. Yeah. Triggers reckons I look like Noel Gallagher. Fuck off, annoy me. <laughs> Fuck off, Trigger. No hate speech, says, says Sask. Trigger says no hate at all. We know that. We know that. I'm only, we're only buzzing. But the other man I want to speak about, Diogo Chata. Um Okay form this season, but I think when he's not there, you see what you miss. And I think... Maybe not so much against Arsenal, but definitely against Manchester United. I think Jota would find himself in some better positions than others and would probably get you a goal. Um, but he comes on today, makes a good run with it, finds Diaz. I was delighted Diaz got a little assist as well. Um, sells the defender. And you might have a little go at this goalkeeper. We are saying was really good all day. But I don't care. He puts it in the far corner. Liverpool are 2-0 up on 91 minutes. Yeah. And Diogo Jota's back now for a run that will see us play Newcastle. It will see us play Arsenal in the Cup. And then it will see us play Fulham in the League Cup. So he's back in a, in a nice time when he can get a little run going here. And then he'll get a little break. So it's, it's probably good for his rehabilitation. It's, it's, it was telling in Klopp's uh, post-match press conference that he's... We sneaked him onto the bench because um, the, physio, the, the physio said, yeah, you can use the last 10 minutes of this game as he, the last bit of his uh, rehabilitation. And he can yeah. start... He hasn't trained fully with the first-team squad yet. Yeah, he's back um, running the start last week, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's, Klopp said he can start training with the rest of the squad as of tomorrow. So, but this this is a huge run of games coming up when you don't have Salah, and we're going to be missing Endo as well. So, there's going to be um, some holes to fill, and Jota is just such a useful forward that gives you so many options. Yeah, I think he's really important when you when you look at the front five that we have. They all offer different things. But I think Diogo Jota is probably a package of all of them. He can head, he can finish, he can build up, he can play as a winger that takes people on -on one-on-one. You trust him with the ball, and he's always going to occupy defenders and give them a question to answer. Uh, He's a brilliant forward. And the fact that, I mean, how much would he cost in today's market? I mean, he's only been at the club, what seems five minutes, but... When you look at how much he offers, he gives you as a forward, and you look at some of the silly money that's going around for transfers these days, I, well, I think, I I think, think he's a, he, he was a for Jota, for Jota, a 40-ish million. Um, I think 37 million with... It would have gone up to 42 with add-ons or something yeah, like that. But but the only thing that holds... I think the only thing that people can hold against Jota is probably the injury record. And yeah. even in saying that, I don't think it's an injury record where you say, you know what, oh, he always has a niggle, he's always ill. It always seems to be a bad injury he gets. You know what I mean? And people yeah. going, oh, it's he's usually injured again. But, but like, he does himself against, I think, United last season. Innocuous enough, but he just tears a hamstring or a groin or whatever yeah. it was. and that, that can happen to players. But a fit Jota, 
and you're telling me you can play 30 plus league games a season he's worth 60 or 70 million quid there's, there's no doubt about it you know what I mean he's, no he's just that good um, yeah Garmax says Jays have just turned on the telly and shares a mad looking board keep that will you um, we'll do that on some I'm going to try get some um, 30 minute shows in this week but like I said look it's Christmas the kids are off we're trying to have a break but we're trying to get as many shows as we can but once we turn the 1st of January loads of your member shows will be back um, loads of your normal feed shows will be back and look if you want to become we're up to 100 members now I think we are so we're going to do a draw on the new year there as well for something um, but become a member it's 3 99 a month it costs you a euro a week you're probably getting five shows a week for that um, and the crack is bleeding brilliant um, on the on the members it's great but Kev, look, Villa look like they're about to lose here. Arsenal play West Ham tomorrow. Um, we've a big game. Like the next, oh, this is what I want to get to. Nine minutes injury time at Old Trafford, by the way. Um, but but the next, but the time we play our next game of football, Kev, the transfer window will be open. Okay. Yeah. So, like I've seen stuff about um, Ignacio. I've seen stuff about him. Yeah, I've seen stuff about Mbappe. I've seen stuff about Andre. Um, there's a couple of names starting to float now. Um, Klopp did say that injury has come in the form of Costa Simicas. Um, yeah. Do, do you see us signing anyone, Kevin? You, just listen. It's an early prediction. Do you see us signing any, or anyone? Sorry. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. I think this. This January, I think, is going to be a buyer's market. Um, there's a lot of top clubs around Europe that are in the same position as Arsenal, that are in the same position as Chelsea, and a couple of other clubs where they have to sell before they can buy to satisfy FFP. And we're lucky. in We're not lucky. We're just really well run that we're in a position where we don't, necessarily have to worry about FFP. We've sold well, we've bought smartly and we're in a really good spot. So this is, I think this window is definitely one where Joe Matip probably won't get registered because we um, we're right on the limit for players that we could, we were allowed to register. Yeah, Kev reckons, so, sorry, just before you do, Kev reckons, or not Kev, Chris yeah reckons um, we should bring in two and we should unregister Matip and Adrian that's where he is I, I wouldn't have a problem unregistering Adrian either mm-hmm. I Adrian either um, if you're going into the second half of the season you'd have to be sure him or not for the yeah. second half of the season yeah. I know that there's I know you're, you, you're you've always said that no matter what happens, registered or unregistered, FSG are going to have to pay these guys. Yep. But we're sat here at the minute on 42 points into the Europa League last 16, into a League Cup semi-final, and potentially into the FA Cup as well. You can't go into those period of fixtures into the second half of the season with five defenders at your club. It's not fair on those five, and it's not fair on the kids you expect to pick up the slack. Yeah, because I think well, you can do more harm than good. <clears throat> we will have we will have Robertson back soon enough, right? But you're looking yeah. at 
you're looking at centre half was Gomez. Costas, Quanta, Costas won't be back. No. So you're looking at Gomez, Quanta, Van Dijk, and Kanate. Left back, you're looking at um, Robertson. Right back, you're looking at Trent. And Gomez could probably play either side with them. You're probably one shot. Okay? Yeah. You have a centre back that is out of contract in summer. He will, we won't play again for Liverpool this season. So maybe you just have to say, right, we are paying him a load of money, but we need to make plans and we need to secure what we're doing now, but we need to make plans going into next season. So maybe we need to bring something forward. Having said that, it's hard to bring something forward when you, if your target is a top, top player and someone doesn't want to sell them. So that's, well, that's the pros and cons of it, the, right? Well, the talk around uh, Gonzalo Inacio is that he does have a buyout clause. 60 million, uh, 60 million euro. No, Euros, no, 60 million euro. Okay. Yeah. But if you go on transfermarket.com, they have set his value at 30 million euro. Right. There is no way in hell that we're making a jump to pay a buyout from 40 clause to 60. from 30 to 60. No. Mm-hmm. But if he's a player that we were looking to pin in to sign next summer, then you'd think a deal could be done. And whether the player has to force that deal is another question. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But I'd be more comfortable signing a centre back, a left sided centre back who could fill in at right back, but at the same time, uh, sorry, could fill in at left back. The only other left back that, well, there's two that I'd look to try to get because the thing is, if you've got Robertson and you've got Costas, both with shoulder problems. Because yeah. I don't think, even if Costas has just, you know, he's broken his collarbone, there, there's no way, there's no, you know, that might cause him problems down the line. I'd be looking at Aiton Uri at, at Wolves or Robert Robinson at Fulham. Okay. As potential options to bring in. Uh, right. And you go with the four centre back options that you have at the club. My thing in the, in the January would be a perfect January for me would be. A defender. Um, yeah, more than likely left-sided. <coughs> yeah. But people will argue then, and Klopp would argue, well, look, if I sign another left-sider and, for argument's sake, Robertson comes back and Simicles comes back to fitness, what are we doing? Kwanzaa, to me, looks a centre-half like he can play either side. Kanate likes to play right. Virgil likes to play left. Gomez likes to play right or left. So... I could see the club making an argument of not signing the defender, but if it was me, I would be signing him. I'd be signing him with the eye of he's Joe Matter's replacement, whether he's going to play yeah. every week or he's going to fight with Kanata and Kwanzaa to be in the team. right? And that's what you want. I don't care how good they are. I want to know they're fighting to be in the team. So I don't care if they're a 20 million centre-half or a 70 million centre-half. That's where I am on that. Yeah. Midfield-wise, I don't see Thiago playing for Liverpool again. Um, if he does, it'll be like you know a farewell tour for 10, 12 games. Um, and I would go and sign Andre 100% I'd go to him and just go listen we want you in our team Endo's being magnificent don't get me wrong but I and McAllis was being good there but I think the flexibility of you signing an Andre to say right we can go in there with a two if we wanted to right or we can go in with him with McAllis and move forward or forward or he mightn't play but we'll have him on the bench and McAllister yeah. can play deep. It's just the continuity within the team. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm not looking yeah. to pigeonhole Andre into position. 
I'm not I'm not looking to pigeonhole anyone. All I'm saying is you basically take your Thiago spot and you fill it and you fill it now. That's the way I look at well, it. Well the other the other player that I saw loosely linked with Liverpool and I just dismissed it out of hand really was Joshua Kimmich, uh Bayern. Right. And whether there's any legs in that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what his contract situation is at Bayern at the minute, whether we're being linked with him as a way of him getting a big contract at Bayern. But it's... And there's two players at Bayern that are coming available. He's one. The other one is um, Davies. Alfonso yeah. Davies is available in the summer. And you what you... you I'd like to think that we would be in that conversation when those players are are available in the transfer market. Whether we go for them or not, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I'd love to see us in for a Joshua Kimmich. I really fucking would. I know, I but, but you see, he's Joshua Kimmich, oh, like you see, the thing with Joshua Kimmich is Joshua Kimmich comes up and wants to play every game. And I've no problem yeah. with Joshua Kimmich wanting to play every game, but that's not really how we work. And I know he's a kind of a specialist in there, goes in, he plays that deep, plays in a one, complaining two. I'm not I'm not against it. I'm just I don't see Liverpool doing it. I think if they brought in an Andre, I think they're looking more to the future. I think he's more years in him, obviously. But I think you know the makeup of our midfield, like yeah. if everyone's fit tomorrow, I think McAllister starts over end up. Do you know what I mean? In that position. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it, it's well, a hard Kimmich has a contract I, I, that expires in 2025. Yeah, you know it's not it's not as if it would cost the earth to get him out of there. Yeah, and a player of his quality, if they if they become available, yeah. you have to be in the conversation. Oh, I'm not saying not be if in it the was conversation, a show, you know. But but you see, the thing is, Kev, like if it. we aren't in the conversation, people will say, "Why aren't we in this fucking conversation?" Because Klopp probably yeah. doesn't feel like he wants to be in that conversation. He probably wants to have a conversation with someone else, you know, and that's where it leads. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It leads to people going mad over every player that's anyway linked with Liverpool, <laughs> and they end up going somewhere else. Oh, you I know. know. How it works. Hey, you know how it works. The silly season is about to get started oh, now in a couple of weeks. In a, in a, or not in even a couple a, of weeks, a, a couple massive, of days. Yeah, a in couple a of days. Way. You know, you'd have beaten Villa three two. Um, Emery looks absolutely that's a huge result. Fuming. but he continued to ask his but, team to play in a certain way when they were being opened up time after time. Um, but you know what? That That's a learning process for Villa. Villa aren't used to being in this position where they're challenging to go joint top of the Premier League in at the halfway stage. Yeah. And it, Villa is still a work in progress. And Emery yeah. has done a really, really good but job. But I still think Kev, that's a huge result from Manchester United. 45 minutes. Gone. Yeah, you know, you they should hold it. They should hold it and do that. Anyway, yeah. Um we're gonna leave it there. I did say we do forty to forty five. We've done fifty eight. Um and fair enough. Um it was a good show. We had a big chat about the bowling game with some chat around the transfer stuff. Um get rest of the week we'll be on when we can. We're, we're trying our best to take a break. I think that's fair though. Um we'll definitely be back for the Newcastle game. Um, we'll try to get a couple of shows in between now and the end of the week if we come up with any ideas and we want to just jump on. But like I said, all the lads work very, very hard on this podcast and they're entitled to a break. So if we're going to get one, great. But once it comes to Newcastle, 1st of January, we'll be back on the bike and we'll be giving you 7, 8, whatever it is a week.
um, with regards to shows. Uh, Rory says, I'm late to this, lads. Um, he says, happy Christmas. Great win today. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that could see Phyllis spill a few points um, now over the next few weeks. Could do. Um, anything else before we go, Kev? No, it's, look, this has been a really good Christmas period when you look at it. You know, we're into a league, a league cup semi-final. We're top of the league. And, you know, we're still a work in progress. You know, this is this is the start of a rebuild season. Mm. If this is the start... Remember when Klopp had his first rebuild? Yeah. And we were coming from eighth and we were struggling to get into fourth. You know, this is his second uh, attempt at a rebuild. And... We're going to be fighting for a title. Yeah. You, know, you take that all day long, man. Absolutely. Red Steve says, Jesus, Gav. You had yesterday off. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Um, hit the it was a good day. It was a good day. I did. It was a great day. I did. Yeah. We got up with the kids. They had all their presents and stuff like that. Um, I mean, you got a young fella there. So you got a young one there. So uh, that, that well, makes I've, I've an Well, I've an 11-year-old girl. And yeah. her stuff is getting more expensive but smaller. Um, his yeah. is getting you get away with a bit more but the stuff he asked for this year like he asked for a jeep he could drive and he got one and it's <laughs> chaos he's like you can you can plug a USB into him what's your electricity meter just do that now ah, for the listen, everything's on bleeding charge Ken. <laughs> um, but no we had a lovely day let the kids relax for a couple of hours went down to my man's had my dinner came back here then had the in-laws over spoke 15 of us here last night um, oh, a lot, couple, you know, they all have young kids, so it wasn't too mad. About 12 o'clock last night, they all got in the leg. Um, and yeah, today was real relaxing, didn't move, just just chilled. And that's what we're trying to do, we're trying to keep as relaxing as we can. But, um, yeah. yeah, did you have a good time? I did, yeah. It was lovely to have the kids in the house. Um, you know, one daughter lives in Limerick, another one at college in Turles, so it's like. It's nice when when they're all home and you can just like close the curtains, lock the door, lock the world out, and yeah. relax for a couple of days. You yeah. know, and that's it. They're all back to work tomorrow. Uh, Mrs. Is back to work tomorrow. The t- two younger ones are back to work tomorrow. My young fella's out meeting his girlfriend tonight. They've gone out for a drink, so God knows what time we're going to get a phone call to go and get them. So, all in all, absolutely fantastic Christmas. Loved it. Um, yeah. all ready to go now for the new year yeah absolutely um, look I hope everyone's have um, I hope everyone's had a nice Christmas I hope you uh, have a nice period now right up to the new year but as I said we'll bring it as much as we can between now and the new year but once the new year comes you'll be lashed as usual 7, 8, 9, 10 shows a week and if you're not a member consider doing it it's it's good crack the shows in the morning are worth it alone because it's just mayhem um, and like that, we've we've we started a new series called The Helm with Keith. That was a Liverpool one um, done last week. And there's more of them coming. I know we're covering Everton, we're covering Newcastle. I think we're covering Spurs, Arsenal. There's a good few there we're covering. So that's that's good. And we'll have some other stuff um, coming up on the members' feed as well. So it helps us, it supports us, and you know what? It's a good crack as well. So if you're not a member, consider doing it. Um, for everyone out there, hope you had a great Christmas and. Um, yeah, we'll talk to them soon, Kev, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keep an eye on. Make, just make sure you hit the bell icon because the thing is, at this time of year, you never know when a show is going to go live. It's just going to be a case of when people are available. So make sure you yeah. hit the bell icon and you'll know when we go live. 
keep exactly. an eye on the social media feeds as well and we'll always let you know exactly right well I'm off to try to get all my recycling out onto the street for the bin, for the bin man coming tomorrow um, this should be fun there's boxes <laughs> and shit everywhere it's absolutely fucking lashing out it's blowing a gale this is going to be mayhem that has been um, what I don't know what it's been it's been the talking cop I don't know what day of the week it is but Liverpool have beaten Burnley the top of the league Villa have been beaten by Man United Arsenal play tomorrow and um yeah, have a good one. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.